Have you ever wondered how you could join the Brew News crew? Well, swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod and you can join us. We have three different tiers for all of our patrons. At the logger level, you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes. At the IPA level, you get early access to our podcast episodes, but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew. And you get special video presentations, including our Beer Miss Special. At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod, and join the crew. Mm-hmm. The pod box. <laughs> the pod box is back. As the, is pod the pod box 2.0, now in wicker. <laughs> <laughs> and now pod towels. <laughs> pod towels. For when your mic's sweating profusely from doing its job. Oh. Uh. Welcome to the Brew News Podcast, all the news that's fit to brew. I'm Andrew Jennings. And I'm Travis Matherly. This week we're going to be taking a look at North Carolina's first legal brewery, Weeping Radish Farm, Butchery, and Brewery. Yeah, so Travis... It's an operation. Yeah. Have you ever, ever, ever heard about Weeping Radish? <clears throat> Tell me about your Absolutely not. Yeah, my experiences <laughs> with Weeping Radish. Well, first experience was uh, when we recorded this pod, and you said, hey, we're going to do Weeping Radish, and I said... I have no idea what that is. Yeah, so I didn't know this was a brewery. Uh, I mean, we knew we knew nothing about this place. Um, Laura and I went to. We were going to a Caps game. Go Caps! Whoop whoop! Um, against the Canes in Raleigh. In Raleigh, uh, and we stopped. At, we were looking for a place to eat. We were going to go to a restaurant, but like because of traffic, we realized we couldn't make it there. So she started couldn't looking get up. to the pit. No, it wasn't the pit. I don't know uh, where we were trying to go. We were trying to go to uh, either Bidamonde uh, or Trophy. Um, not Vitamonde, uh, Bramari? No, it wasn't Bramari. No, it was, I'm sorry, Brewery Bavana? No, no, we were, we were trying to go to Brewery. I think it was Vitamonde, but um, it's a little, um, uh, I think it's a Lebanese restaurant in uh, uh, Raleigh. It's really good. Um, but we realized we couldn't get there because it's past the stadium and then come back and make it in time for the game. Mm-hmm. So we looked online. Laura found this little place, uh, Brew and Q in Cary, and mm-hmm. it's a bottle shop slash barbecue restaurant. I'll take that. You will take what I ate. What I had was a, um, it was the like the big cheesy, and it is a grilled cheese sandwich, uh-huh. with a layer of barbecue, on top of another grilled cheese sandwich. They're using grilled cheese sandwiches as the bread. Okay, that's what I assumed you were going for, and <clears throat> all of that sounded delicious. It was delicious. They used uh, like house-made pimento cheese as the cheese for it. Uh, even better. Yes. So we're sitting there, and it's a bottle shop. So put some south in your mouth is what that was. <laughs> that really was. Uh, it was vinegar based. It was delicious. But um, so I'm, we're sitting there, and we're next to this uh, wall of bottles because it is a bottle shop. And I look over, and there bottles are bottles in a bottle shop. Do tell. It's crazy talk. <laughs> uh, and I look over, and there's these four cans. <laughs> And they're from this. So these aren't bottles. <laughs> well, uh, good sir, good sir. <laughs> sir, false advertising. <laughs> what is the shenanigans? <laughs> You're a can shop. <laughs> so I, we look at it and I say, oh, I've never heard of Weeping Radish, but they had four different beers. I was like, four beers makes an episode makes. So I grabbed mm-hmm. all four and I was like, I'll, I'll learn about it when I get home. And that's when I found out what I know. Yeah. And what you know is in the notes. And the notes is what I know. So, so you know what I know. And let's read the notes. And we're going to pretend that no one else knows. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. Probably not a lot of people know about this brewery. Yeah, it's true. Um, oh, yeah. Well, let's take a minute and get right into the history of Weeping Radish. Weeping Radish. 
Weeping Radish Farm and Brewery was founded by Uli Benowitz. Benowitz? Benowitz. The English pronunciation would be Benowitz, but the German pronunciation would be Benowitz. Benowitz. In Manteo, North Carolina, which is out at the Outer Banks, for those of you who don't know your North Carolina geography. Travis. Travis. (laughs) (laughs) And it was uh, started uh, by Uli as a replacement for his beloved microbreweries from his home in Bavaria. Uh, he actually lobbied to change the laws and allow microbreweries to sell direct in the early 1980s. A full 15, well, not when he opens, but the early 1980s is almost 15 years before Highland, who we accidentally, well, Highland. We didn't accidentally. Highland advertised themselves as the first legal brewery in Asheville, not North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So they're correct there. We have always made assumptions that they were one of the, they are still one of the first breweries in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, but. You know, early 1980s, because 1986 is when Weeping Radish first opened their doors. So that was a full nine, eight or nine years earlier than Highland. Yeah. And this is, you know, what, 10 years after Sierra Nevada out in California? Uh, Sierra Sierra was 76? 78. 78. Technically 78. Eight years. So that's still like you, because you think about Sierra Nevada being like at the forefront of Mm -hmm. craft brew scene and craft brew movement. So Uli's really... I mean, you He's, can kind of call him an innovator, like a, yeah. this guy is starting. And I mean, when you take the time to lobby to change laws because you miss your beer from Bavaria <laughs> so much, um, you know, he is the first legal brewery in North Carolina. Um, to put that in perspective, there were less than 100 breweries in the U.S. in 1986. Right. And now there are over 7,000 um, as of late 2018 numbers from that's a lot of beer yeah but that was the whole point is um like the early 80s early to mid 80s there were very few breweries uh in the history of beer laura and i talk about um like 78 76 is when we were down to somewhere in the 80s in terms of breweries throughout the entire country Mm -hmm. which is crazy now because we're looking at the craft brew scene and we're like oh yeah we have we have uh a hundred times that number of breweries. Yeah, it's insane how it's taken off, but you can really just like call Uli an innovator yeah. pretty much and maybe the founding father of craft beer in North Carolina. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing that's unique about Weeping Radish is because Uli is from Bavaria, he adheres to the Reinhardtsgebot, which as you all know, I'm, I mean, yes. I'm not even talking about I mean, it goes without is. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No need to talk about the Reinhardtsgebot. Um for our non-German speaking listeners, that is the 1516 purity laws. Uh, and they those are the ones that say you can only focus on the four ingredient aspect of beer, hops, malts, yeast, and water. Anything else is a travesty and uh it's not, not treason. It's, not treason. It's not beer, you get your equipment taken uh, away. Sacrilege. Yes, but you get your equipment taken away. That was the whole point of Bavarian purity laws. Mm-hmm. You're the shut other, down. The other thing is I don't think Uli is following the rest of the Reinhardtsgebot where they're talking about uh, prices that it, uh, prices to sell beer at. That was the other part of that law. I'm just saying. Technically, I think inflation's gone up a little bit since 1516. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not saying Uli is particularly cheating. I'm saying that no one follows that part of the right. It went up from five chickens and a pig. That's a lot for a keg. Yeah. <laughs> that is an now, awful lot. Now it's about 20 chickens <laughs> and three hogs. Uh. Um so, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, um, Weeping Radish didn't really get big. They pretty they pretty much stayed in Uli's little backyard in, from 1986 until about 2001. Uh, yeah. In 2001, they broke ground on a new location in Grandy, North Carolina. 
I have no clue where Grandy is except for the fact that my note here says 35 miles north of Manio. I was looking at it and I just thought Solomon Grande. Yeah. Well, I honestly thought 35, 35 miles north of Manio was Virginia. So I'm not really I sure. I mean, you're is. like, yeah. you are probably like standing <laughs> on the North Carolina Virginia line. You're at that skipping point. a rock across the river in mm-hmm. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when he broke ground in Grandy, North Carolina, he also opened a restaurant, butcher's facility, and a farm. Um, and they brewed their first batch of beer at that location in 2005. Um, so interestingly enough, in cahoots with the Reinhardt Skabot, Gaboot, uh, bless you, um, <clears throat> with his brewing, Uli also applied this to the food, and that limits your food to where it can only travel less than 200 miles to the facility. So it's a, it actually goes a long way to talk to that food, like farm to fork concept, like. I've never you heard know, it called farm to fork. I've heard farm to table. Farm to table and farm to fork, whatever. I've seen farm to fork, but yeah, farm, farm to, to table. Yeah, farm to no. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, farm to poop. That is the German material yeah. offer food. <laughs> no, but it's um, you know, it kind of actually he's a little bit ahead of his time mm-hmm. on that movement because now that's become a thing where, you know, we always use the hashtag drink local. Now yeah. a lot of people eat local. They want to know yeah. exactly where their food comes. So uh Reinhardt's Gavot is uh average of 2,000 no, miles. The, the, sorry, notes are misleading. Yes. The average food travels 2,000 miles. Yes. So his is saying you can only go 200, 200 miles, miles at a max. So, and, and he also stuck with ingredient purity. So mm-hmm. he can't, you're not supposed to be using a lot of like high fructose corn syrups, things like that. You have to use like actual full ingredients. You have to use the grains. You can't use like the flour made in um, Orida. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Orida is tries. Yes. Or Idaho French fries? <laughs> Oregon, you, Idaho? Yes. <laughs> but like, so uh, 200 miles away from where he is barely gets you to Greensboro. Mm, would that even get you to Greensboro? Uh, as, That's got to be over four hours and Raleigh's 90 as the crow, at an hour and a half. I'm thinking as the crow flies. I don't know like if he's saying like. If they're going road miles. Yeah. Road miles versus crow miles. Yeah. Uh, but that means he gets all the seafood he wants. What if it was a European crow? They do it in kilos, yeah. <laughs> kilometers, but they're not migratory. I mean, yes, but they they will. Nope, those are swallows. I'll just yeah, say, I was gonna say, coconuts. don't let my uh, Monty Python references fly over your head. Like the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow. I fought in your general direction. <laughs> All right, so before this food, uh, Uli went and got master butcher Gunther Kule. He joined the team from Germany to establish uh, practices in their butcher shop or their metzger. How do you think that conversation went? Hey, Gunter. Yeah, Uli. Want to come to North Carolina? Sure. There. <laughs> Grandy. Okay. Vel? <laughs> Vel? <laughs> Welcome. Bienvenue. Come on in. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like... We have an odd like German like immigrant... Uh, not odd. I, I really love German food. I'm really glad we have German. I was going to say, were you calling the German immigrants in North Carolina themselves odd, or no. were you calling the fact that we have a Decent large population. German immigrant it's population? Not, it's not large by like um, you know uh, Minnesota, you know. like Upper Midwest, like uh, the like the way yeah Michigan, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Like we don't have that kind of large population, but we have some odd German speaking populations in North Carolina. We have one actually in the mountains mm-hmm. and with uh, the Kruger brothers. They're, I believe they're technically Swiss, but they're German speaking. 
Um, and so they're from that north, northern Switzerland, you know, southern Germany area, and they are uh, bluegrass musicians. They're very huh. famous bluegrass musicians. Uh, they grew up listening to Doc Watson, one of North Carolina's um, actual... <laughs> yeah, premier yeah. bluegrass people. Well, yeah, and the, the Kruger brothers are fantastic. Um, oh. But, so... <laughs> anyway. So Gunther came over. <laughs> Gunther came over and... I'm assuming is a master German butcher. Yeah, he, he is a Metzger through and through. Um, so then they originally grew their organic and biodynamic, which I've never heard of before. That's an yeah, I have a degree in agriculture, and I've never heard the term biodynamic vegetables. But they grew both organic and biodynamic vegetables. I imagine they are biodynamic vegetables. <laughs> they're, uh, <laughs> they're made to beat up the other vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Genetic hybrid vegetables. Uh, that is actually no longer the case, though, on the farm. Uh, I guess maybe they only grow organic now. Uh, the they, biodynamic was too much. I think the farm, I think the farm, like the restaurant, may have just gotten too big. Or they there was an too- uprising? Yes. <laughs> the vegetables. Up- <laughs> the biodynamic vegetables became too powerful. <laughs> um, yeah. So they closed their original Mantio location in 2007. Um, the original brewery was a five-barrel system. Their current Grandy Brewery is a 20-barrel system with six fermenters and 16 aging tanks. Which is really important because if they're following Reinhardt's Kaboot, they need a lot of uh, aging and fermentation air space for lagers. Yes. Yeah, so. I honestly think it's interesting mm-hmm. that they are they brewed so many ales following the Reinhardt's Kaboot, but I guess technically you can do it. Um, it's just that, uh, that uh, Bavarian-style brewing is mostly lockers. Yeah, and uh, you know, like also a twenty-barrel system is freaking huge. Yeah, that's for a massive. brewery we've never heard of, yeah. it is a lot larger than a lot of breweries we've done I mean, here lately. I mean, we just did uh, what? Four, uh, Four Saints has an eight-barrel system. Yeah, so uh, Gibbs has a fifteen-barrel system. Um, and see, Gibbs doesn't distribute that many places, and that's what I was thinking. Like Gibbs, what Mark said in that interview especially with them adhering to the purity laws that in your lagering, that's your bottleneck. Like yeah. you, you put them in those tanks and you're stuck with them for a long time. Two, three months minimum. Yeah. Um, but Hey, whatever. Yeah. Um, they typically keep seven drafts available on at their granny brewery. Uh, but they also brew root beer just huh. in case for the, for those non-alcohol drinkers out there that just want a good be a uh, bit of verst or some shine. Mm-hmm. Well, that I mean, that kind of goes in the uh, when we covered unknown brewing and they make mm-hmm. their own ginger ale. Yeah, or uh, Oscar Blues with all their crazy craft sodas. Yeah, craft sodas. Um, they are wholly self distributed, so good luck finding them. Like I said, I was in Raleigh and found them. I don't expect to see them. That probably explains why we can't find them, right? Because they are wholly self distributed. But with a twenty barrel system, you have a lot of beer you have got to get rid of, and the eastern part of North Carolina is not known for its distribute like for its ease to get places i'm betting and it's also not known for its population right i'm betting money they go into the tidewater section of virginia a lot yeah and i imagine he's you know i'd love to find out more about this but i'm imagining he's probably canning a little bit and then doing a lot of keg sales to restaurants and local bottle shops and places like that because eastern north carolina does not have the population density to support a brewery that size, if you are wholly mm-hmm. dependent on distribution and can sales, like you're not going to get thousands of dollars a year, tens of thousands of dollars a year in walk-in can sales like Gibbs can. Right. 
just be- I mean, the population of Greensboro where we live is probably two counties put together oh, in eastern North Carolina. It's more than that because like Greensboro is about a quarter million people, a little bit north of that. East of Raleigh, mm-hmm. you have Wilmington is your biggest population, which is probably f- almost four hours from this location from Grandy. Yeah. Um, down the coast. Down the coast because there's no good way to get there. Yeah. Fayetteville is your next biggest, and that's a Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam is next. Oh, yeah. Greenville, which mm-hmm. is a college town. That's nope. not going to drink a lot of craft beer. It's, not at ECU. I mean, I mean, ECU. Sorry. <laughs> if I can slander Andrews MBA University. Hey, alone. man, I don't really hold, <laughs> hold too much to that one. You're not a pirate at heart. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, um, yeah, it's wild that they have such a big brewing capability, which makes you wonder how often they're brewing, actually. Yeah, you think. You think he does like a few a year and just like throws some kegs on at the facility? Because, I mean, loggers can hold for a while, though. I mean, you have to age them forever. Mm-hmm. So he probably just does like a batch at a time. But like I said, I, I honestly think like in my mind, the way that he's getting this out there is kegging and selling to local restaurants up the beach. And you're right. He's probably going into Virginia right, as well. Because he's, he's right there. I mean, he is in prime uh, what are those things? Vacationer. Um, Virginia Beach. Well, yeah. Virginia Beach, Kill Devil Hills, Nags Head, mm-hmm. Corolla Beach. Tourist traps. Tourist. Yes. Thank you. Tourist. He's in prime mm-hmm. tourism Those people area. that visit places that aren't from there. What are those things called? They tour. Um, <laughs> they go around. They look at stuff. And they and then they leave. Mm, God, what are those people Gosh, called? What are they? Visitors. They, they look at this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but uh, if you're there, if you happen to be over by the farm, swing by and do the beer and brat tour. You've got my attention. You had me at sausages. Oh, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of sausages, let's talk about how good their sausages actually are. Their sausages may be Forget the beer than, for a second. Yeah, let's talk about sausage. Because honestly, I'm betting the sausage might be better than the beer. Mm, it could be. Weeping Radish actually won silver at the 2016 IFFA. I have no idea what that stands for. It's the... The International Fraternal Farmers Association. I'll look it up. (laughs) But anyways, they won silver at the 2016 IFFA Sausage Competition for their Linguisa Sausage and silver for the Cranberry Apple Pecan Sausage. That sounds awfully hipster. Cranberry Apple Pecan. I'm not against it, but the Linguisa interests me. I mean, I'm down. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the IFFA is definitely in German. (laughs) Uh, It's in German or it's... No, like the IFFA is in like the... the, In Bavaria. No, it's actually in Frankfurt. But um, the IFFA, the acronym is in German. So that's why we wouldn't recognize it. The International Frankfurters... Ooh, is the FF Frankfurter? I believe the I is international... I would hope. Uh, I would imagine. Let me see. Otherwise, Uli's breaking the rules by being American competing in a German sausage competition. Oh, here it is. IFFA stands for. It is the world's most. Uh, do, 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 do. It stands for the world's most bestest Sorry, sausage sorry. competition. <laughs> uh, international. So I found like a bunch of acronyms. IFFA, Iranian Football Fans Association. Don't think that's it. Mm, probably uh, not huge sausage lovers. International Freight Forwarding Association. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, well, this is one you should be in on. International Firefighters Association. Our international union is the IAFF. 
Uh, it doesn't, the International Association of Firefighters. I'm just saying, this is the International Firefighters Association. Are you going to make me Google IFFA? I'm looking it up right now, but it's so wild. <laughs> IFFA is also a... My dog just found a squeaker on a toy she destroyed weeks ago. I don't know how. Yes. Right. You get to enjoy Ellie's... Hot squeaker. up Ellie's. Squeaking <laughs> now. <laughs> you get to enjoy Ellie. So while we... Well, let's not dive into this too much, because uh, IFFA is a is also a must for the butcher's trade. <sighs> Sausage. IFFA. Uh, well, good gosh. Yeah. What in the world? Well, I'm also finding some of this as like the IIFA. IFFA is a leading show for the meat industry and takes place in Frankfurt. Hmm. So it's probably, it's just, it's not like it's a trade show. It's less of a actual, like, it's not the GABF or something like that. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. Fleisch. It's something, F, one of the S's is Fleisch, which is meat. Um, You're still losing me. International Fleischfest Association? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I found their official website for Frankfurt, Germany, but it doesn't explain yeah, it doesn't what s- the uh, actual thing is. All right, I'm over it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Cut, print, check the tape. Okay, uh, let's put it this way. They go to Germany, they go win medals, mm-hmm. they make good sausages, get their I sausage. would hope he is with a master butcher. Yeah. Gunter is out there winning some medals for his sausage. Yeah. Uh, so they also actually have a fairly active blog presence. Uli is very good on the blogs. Ah. It's, now it's on their website, but he's actually got a pretty good blog presence. He talks a lot about what's going on in North Carolina brewing. It's, it's pretty cool. I wonder, um, we need to get back up with like Dan and some of these guys and ask if they know Uli. Yeah, we should have. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, well. We'll talk to you uh, later. Distribution, like we said, they're wholly self-distributed, so they are only found in North Carolina at 160 locations statewide, a mix of bars, grocers, and bottle shops. So there you go. They're probably distributing to local grocery stores, local bottle shops. Lowe's Foods. Or the Piggly Wiggly. Or the Piggly Wiggly. Is mm-hmm. that North Carolina base? It's down east. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I just assume it's... I think there's one coming to the triad. Don't we have one in Greensboro already? I think there's one in Ashboro. A Piggly Wiggly? No, not in Greensboro. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about what they brew. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this is a very short list as well. Beers brewed uh, for their year round. They have the Black Radish Schwartz beer, which we'll be having tonight. The Corolla Gold Lager. The Outer Banks Beer Kolsch. I'm sorry. That is the OBX, sir. OBX Beer Kolsch, whatever. Outer Banks. (laughs) It's like every single... Bumper sticker we see. Yeah, in, in North Carolina says OBX. OBX. <laughs> yep, the Outer Banks. Okay, cool. Uh, a red ale, the Yours Truly, spelled like Uli, U L I, German style wheat ale, and an IPA. And seasonally, they have the Bitter Bee, which we will have tonight, the Maybach, which we are not having tonight, the OBX Shandy, which we are having tonight, mm-hmm. Oktoberfest. Shockingly, a German brewer is making an Oktoberfest. No. What's and the, a Maybach. What is this world coming to? And a Doppelbach. Yeah, so their winter beer is the Doppelbach. And then, unfortunately, we will not be having the Café Kolsch Ale with co- with coffee. With coffee. So, yeah, it's a, it's a Kolsch Ale with coffee, uh, which I'm, I would be super excited to try, but we do not have. Yeah, we're actually having the Doppelbach, which is their Christmas beer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that's enough about um, North Carolina's first brewery. Let's see what they've been able to make after these 33 years yeah that's enough about it because that's literally all we have so let's start drinking Woo! let's get some tasting of this weeping radish beer 
First up, we have the Pink Lemonade OBX. That's a Kolsch-style Shandy, 3.6% ABV. Not a lot of alcohol in that. <laughs> That's typical of a Shandy. Yep, 20.5 IBUs. It's That's a specific? Yes, not as specific as, uh, who is it? Uh, Sweetwater? No, Lagunitas. Lagunitas they went out like, like hundredths. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a crisp, delicate balance of our Kolsch-style ale and lemonade with subtle fruit flavors and aromas, which are complemented by a slightly tart lemonade. A portion of the proceeds gives the Outer Banks Hospital Get Pinked in More Charity. A great beer for those hot summer days. Just remember, the pink is for the charity and the lemonade is in the beer. Huh. Well, that's interesting, but this actually uh, will pair nicely with the day we're having since this is like the first 70-degree day of the year. It's stupid warm. Yep. So a shandy is actually perfect for the weather we're having. Yeah. Uh, the can's kind of nice. It's a cloudy, outer banks-looking thing. For those of you not from North Carolina, the outer banks are... I think everybody knows what the outer banks are. Yeah, it's very duney, uh, like the dune grass and things like that. Oh, I thought you meant like the movie Dune. Yes. Yeah. The one with the rock. No, it's doom. <laughs> That's doom. Yeah. Doom and doom. Yeah. So this one is, um, it's a shandy. I mean, this is a German brewery ultimately, and shandies and rattlers are a pretty standard fare in the German culture to help that uh, all day drink fest. Oh yeah. That they like to do. So let's see if they nailed some of that pink lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. It's it lemonade. smells like lemonade. Yep. Tastes like lemonade. Damn, that's good. I actually like that. <laughs> that is very refreshing. Uh, it, this is definitely like sitting outside. I can drink this all day. <laughs> this is a very drinkable sissy beer. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> when I'm wanting half lemonade. But I think Kolsch is really like a great style. Yeah, it's a light for style. For that shandy. Like it, Kolsch's mm-hmm. don't have a lot of like overpowering flavors and aromas that would combat the lemonade. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. I mean, though. it just smells kind of weedy, a little... I get so much lemon though. The lemonade, the sweetness. Mm-hmm. This, yep. It's a lot of pink lemonade. A lot of lemonade. But I like it. Mm. I put Boston decided to shake his head. Yep. Well, before we go to our next one, I'm gonna move your mic a little bit. All right. So Travis, what are we drinking next? <laughs> next up from Weeping Radish Brewery is the Bitter Bee Pale Ale. This is a 5.2% ABV pale ale. 22 IBUs. It's a copper-colored pale ale brewed with wildflower honey from the heart of Virginia's Shenandoah Valley. An extended dry hopping period allows the floral characteristics of the hops and local honey to intermingle over time. So is that trying to tell you the more it sits, the better it gets? What? With the... Well, so like dry hopping... With all this intermingling and... Yes. All the... <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know where you're going with this. Smoozing and co-mingling. Smoozing, yeah. Now, this was really fizzy when we popped it open. I actually had difficulty pouring this beer. Yeah, Andrew, uh, pretty much, you know, we were looking at glasses of foam. Yeah. I, I, we imported that contents under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. No. Dun, 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 oh. dun, 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 dun. Are you singing Ice Oh. <laughs> Why no, would I be drinking, just thinking that? <laughs> it settled down, though, but it's still like a fairly thick foamy head yeah. on this beer which is a lot more than i was expecting for a pillow do you think that has something to do with the honey i don't know i don't know honestly how let me check this one when was this bugger canned as head brewer i expect you to okay look and I by mean, that i mean head brewer of the pod not uh, of yeah weeping radish brewery <laughs> andrew hasn't been moonlighting hello ich bin uli und es ist gross no I, that was terrible ich i'm sorry andrew <laughs> uh and ich bin on a pretzel <laughs> Nein, du bist nicht ein Pretzel. Uh, I don't see a date on the can. 
Yeah, it, it smells like honey, though. I'm glad you're picking that up, because yet again, subtlety, not my strong suit. Well, it smells like a pale ale, but it's got that slightly sweeter, good it's gosh. Been sitting for a minute, and I just poured a little bit more, and it just popped right Oh, up. okay, yeah, Andrew popped that big fluffy head back. Yeah. Right, not his head, the head on the beer. Hello! <laughs> you Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Gosh, man, when you're a young blonde kid, everyone calls you a cottonhead mm-hmm. for years. And, like, my brother, he a looked like... Cottonhead in any muggins? My brother looked like he was wearing, like, white wigs for years. <laughs> you see, like, photos like Boris Johnston? Like that, that guy? Yeah, with his crazy blonde like hair? He was That's what Bruce looked like for years. <laughs> like, uh... God dang it, what was his name in Back to the Future? Doc... Doc Brown? Yeah, Doc yeah, Brown. yeah. He's like, not old. That That tastes a lot more like honey. And there is a little hop bitterness in that. Yeah, I get a lot of the hop on the uh, nose, and it t- it smells like West Coast hops. Yeah, they don't really say what they're using here, but mind you, the can's cute with this little bee just chilling. Well, look he's at- an angry bee. Oh, look at how cute he is! Actually, that's a yellow jacket, honestly. Yeah, that's not a bumblebee. As a uh, former, that's in- why he's bitter because he's not a honeybee. Actually, yeah, that's probably true. That's definitely yellow jacket. <laughs> Oh. Andrew brings out his etymology. Oh yeah, my, my entom- no entomology. Etymology is study of words. Ha ha! I brought both. Walking through source. No, but that is a little more bitter than I was expecting, just from the smell. Mm-hmm. And that that low IBU count, it it is a lot more bitter than twenty two IBUs. I would love to know the, the perceived bitterness. Now, Andrew, just me. It depends on where you hop it. No, but that wouldn't, infect, because the bitterness should be based on, so as someone that tried to create his own uh, bitterness calculator, his own IBU calculator. I watched you do it. I know. It's not fun. It's it's, it's so time dependent to get those IBUs, and they really don't impact the flavoring. as They don't impact the bitterness that you feel as much as you'd expect. Um, it's very weird. Like uh, So I finished my taster of it, and it sits there, and it gets a lot more bitter. Like There's a lingering bitterness mm-hmm. to it. Like that, whatever slight honey characteristic was there is gone. Yeah. And it's a lot of lingering business. And you're right. It does feel like West Coast style hops. And it feels like a just a maybe a West Coast hopped up pale ale with some honey added into it. Although, it, I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's honest. I'd love to get the. Oh, I have I have one. We could do a side by side with this in Sierra later. Like Sierra mm. Pale. Yeah, I don't think you can just make Sierra Pale and put honey in it. No, I've got one. But like, I'm curious like how different they are because the hop characteristic is it's it's more floral, more uh, orangey than I get from like a Sierra from like the Cascade. So I, I wonder mm-hmm. what hop they're using. So, all right, let's move along. Well, let's ring Uli up and find out. Uli! <laughs> all right, uh, so let's move on to the Black Radish. It is the German Lager Schwarz beer. Roar Travis, how do you like to say it? I will no longer pronounce it Bayer because I've apparently almost caused one of our German listeners to throw herself out of a moving vehicle. My apologies to the German speaking community. <laughs> oh, good gracious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so uh, the German lager, it's Schwartz Bayer. So it's a black lager. Ah, you said it. I did. Dang it, Travis, you got me, you got me screwy. Uh, it's Schwartz beer. It's a black beer, a black lager, German's black lager, 6% alcohol, 25 IBUs. It's a quote, dirt, a dirk. A dirk. A dirk. A dirk. A dark. 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 A dark.
Almost Bilbio. Almost Bilbio. <laughs> we are gathered here today. <laughs> Marriage. Bill. Bill is why we are gathered today. <laughs> and it's also, I mean, like, this is a very, fairly low ABV episode. I mean, when the highest thing you're drinking is a Doppelbach. It's 8.1. That's pretty solid. That's solid, but I mean, like, we came in... Came in at three. <laughs> Came in with a whisper at 3.6 and like 5.2. Now we're up to six. Like, Woo. you know, this is a fairly mild episode, but it's not yeah. our mildest. What Yingling was like our mildest yeah. episode ever. I mean, the thing that's the thing I look at with like lager-based breweries. Lagers don't tend to have really high alcohol. Doppelbox maybe, but mm-hmm. you don't tend to have a ton of high alcohol with uh, lagers. That smells chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was thinking and a little coffee. I was gonna say my first when I first sniffed it, I thought coffee, but now that I'm getting into it, I definitely get that heavy chocolate, that nice chocolate roast. That's really nice roasty chocolate. And as we all know, less than our five listeners, that we have more than that. Let's get that them some props. We love a, all twenty-two of you. All twenty-two of you, <laughs> minus me and Andrew, so twenty. No, no, no. We have twenty-four technically. Oh, okay, there <laughs> yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. We love a good Schwartz beer. Oh man. Hmm. I'm going to need to keep drinking this one because I, I think I've still what got some. What in the world? I'm not sure if it's pl- like if the honey and the uh, pink lemonade is still playing with my palate. No, because I think I got the exact same thing at the exact same time when we tasted that. Our faces kind of went hmm. the same way. That does not taste a thing like it smells. No. Like, no. Okay, so now sitting there having finished a sip, there's some roastiness and some chocolatiness that touch of coffee there in the background that is very dark fruity it is also a little bell peppery like fresh vegetal notes maybe i'm getting a ton of fruit in that like it's i would it is fruity there's also like this slightly lingering like fresh bell pepper note in there maybe if it's slightly you know you know how i am with slight mhm that is yeah, fruit. It's wildly disappointing. That was... I don't know what type of fruit that is to describe, really. It's just like a, a saccharin... Uh, I guess it would be a fructose flavor. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like sweet fruit. I, I don't know. Maybe it's like candied radish, maybe? I I is that what they call it? Black radish? That's what I'm hoping for. Otherwise, I've got nothing. <laughs> that there's radishes in this? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just rooting Do you for think it. maybe they got some of their sugar content from radishes? Possibly. That could impact it. Does it? Nope. Uh, huh. I'm going to have to go down there and have a talk with Uli about this one. Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about because you and I usually just love Schwartz beers. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed in that. Hmm. And... I mean, I finished my taste right there, and you're right. It's this almost slightly, I want to say, like, grapey, like Welch's grape that's juice. That's it. It's grapes. Yeah, that's what it is. It's exactly what that is. It's grape, like, <clears throat> not grape ape. Yeah, because it's no. not even like wine grapes. It's just like. It's like sweet purple grapes. Yeah. Or purple red grape. grapes. Purple drink. Why do they call them red grapes when they're purple? I don't know. Wow. Oh. Well, that's exactly what that is, and that just broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, honestly. Well, let's move on to the last one then. Let's let's, <sighs> let's just pray. Let's pray, let's pray, pray, pray for something else. Well, speaking of praying, uh, 
I don't know how that was a segue. I, that but, was a terrible segue. <laughs> eh, it was Christmas. It was a shot. Shot in dark. Took it. Shot my shot. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, it's like NC State last week in basketball. Oh, God. They shot all their We're shots. Not, yeah, they shot all their shots and missed them all. Uh, our last beer for the evening is the Weeping Radish Christmas beer. It is a Doppelbach coming in at 8.1% ABV, 20 IBUs. They say, our Doppelbach is dark brown in color with ruby highlights. This annual holiday tradition is a strong, rich, and very malty lager. Attenuation creates a subtle sweetness while the lagering process provides a smooth and crisp lager. I'm assuming I pronounced attenuation you right. You got it. You got it. I don't know what that <clears throat> means. It's... I've been looking into it. It's, it shows up a lot in like brewing, and you have attenuated malts. You can have attenuated different things, but it's more or less. It's typically used as like the rate. I believe it's the rate that yeast get to work. Uh, honestly, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Um, well, they just keep dumping fresh yeast in there. To, they shouldn't. I don't, or more sugar in there. I've never seen it used in this context. Typically, it's used as a noun or a verb. I'm not, not familiar with the thing. That I am reading. Yeah, I, usually it's not a verb. Wow, I'm really bad. I see it more as like an adjective, like attenu- attenuated Pronoun. malts. Now, oh. yes, sentence structure. It's an adverb. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea about sentence structure. I only ever and... see it as a direct object. So the fact that <laughs> when I'm seeing it as a direct object, this can that I'm going to throw at you. <laughs> 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 well, I was expecting because it was Christmas, so they call it a Christmas beer. I was expecting a little bit of spice in there. Just a little bit. I'm not getting anything off that. No. Straight malt and lager. Maybe a touch of caramel sweetness. Hmm. Again. I'm getting that same grapey finish. What in the Sam heck? You know what? I'm going to say it. We're going explicit. What the Sam hell? It doesn't matter. Hell's not a problem. <laughs> it's amazing how little I swear on the show versus how much I swear in real life on oh a constant basis. Oh my gosh. You know how much I don't have to edit out? <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I mean, like, you're not even the worst offender. Mm-hmm. That? <laughs> what in the... <laughs> that's that's wild. That's two in a what row. What shit is going on with this beer? I, I This is this year's Christmas beer. So it's not... Yeah, so it's only like a cup, few months old, probably. Yeah. I I have no idea. I, I got nothing on this. That is so weird. Because it just got that grapey aftertaste. I. It's got that same Concord Welch's grape juice flavor. Yeah. In the background, like I get the lager, I get the little a little bit of breadiness, mm-hmm. I get the basic lager, the malt, all of that. There's a as it it's the same way with the Schwartz beer. As it left, now I'm left with a, an aftertaste of slightly caramel doppelbach, what I would expect. Right. But as you're drinking that, the, the, it can't be the shandy that's messing with us. No, not on both of them. No, 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 not back to back. And it's and it wasn't the paleo either. The paleo was fine. Um, the pale ale is going to be very hot. It is something some craziness to it. I would kill to know what they're putting in these beers. Yeah, that'd be nice because it's a farm. I wonder if he's trying to get creative with his sugars. I wonder if he's getting creative with yeast though, like using um, some uh, native strains that are impacting the flavor flavor profile. Native to North Carolina or to Jarvisburg? Yeah, where they're brew- or they're canning and brewing. Um, uh, well, if I know anything about Jarvisburg, which I don't, <laughs> but I'm thinking like I'm thinking like a lambic thing situation where you have like all the native. But see, that's yeasties. not even see because my first thought originally was maybe the black radish was infected. Yeah. And now my 
excuse you. He agrees. Yeah, Boston <laughs> scoffed and derisive. I'm actually shocked I don't see Ellie in here. Um, I think it's because you shut the door. She's probably begging for food. Yeah, she's begging for food. Laura's, Laura's um, in the kitchen. Um, and that is in no way, shape, or form us. <laughs> she was der- she was literally on like an episode just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Laura loves to cook. <laughs> Therefore, she is in the kitchen. She was not made to be in the kitchen. She was not forced into the kitchen. She just <laughs> she ditched his kitchen by choice. <laughs> but like, so back to the point, the black radish, I thought maybe was infected. Yeah. Now drinking the Christmas beer, either there's something that they're... It's got to be in the lockering process because the two ales, the Kolsch and the Bitter Bee, didn't have that same same problem. I would like to see what yeast they're using or if maybe just how they do their lagers, maybe their equipment is infected. Yeah. And there's just, maybe their lines are infected or something. I don't know. There's, I don't know how that works, but... There's something squarely with the lockers. The ales are fine. I'm not noticing any problem with the ale. Oh, this is cool. Did you notice on the can it says ale and lager? Like, uh, so like right here? Mm-hmm. And then right there? Uh-huh. So it tells you exactly what kind of beer you're about to drink. Ah. Ale versus lager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... This one says, uh... Nothing on the chain. Oh, nope. Shandy says ale. Yeah. Like it should be. It's cold. And this one says lager. Yep. And look, Proudly brewed and bottled by... Farm Brew LLC, Jarvisburg, North Carolina. And look, they got that independent craft brew. They do. They paid a lot of money for that one. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Comparatively speaking, for as small as this brewery is, I'm amazed they, amazed they paid for that. Well, I mean, we got joy mongers and folks that pay for it. True. Yeah. That, I'm disappointed. Yeah. I was expecting a lot more from the Schwartz beer and a lot more from the Christmas fire beer. Gosh, dang it. Ha! Dang got it, him. Travis. I'm in his head now. <laughs> uh, but those two... Those two greatly disappointed me because I'm not a huge lager fan, but I do like box and Doppelbox. Yes. And we both love Schwartz beers. Mm-hmm. And I cannot for the life of me endorse either of these beers. No. But the Paleo was fun. The Shandy was fine. Yeah, I like the Col- yeah, I'd like to have the Kolsch that the Shandy oh, yeah. is based on. Do they? Yeah. Beer Kolsch. OBX beer Kolsch. Yeah. Um, I'd love to try that Cafe Kolsch too with the uh, the. Yeah, with the coffee and see coffee. how that turned out. Uh-huh. I, you know, that's what I want to try. Like, I would I would want to try their Maybach. Mm-hmm. Maybach? Maybach. 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 It's, no, it's mine. Nine? Nine. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> and maybe, you know, like their Corolla Gold Lager and something else. Just to see if it is truly all of their, in their Oktoberfest. Yeah. To see if it is truly just their lagers and something in their lagering process that makes all of these beers taste like that. Yeah. Because, like you said, the ales were fine. Yeah. The lagers were way off. And the ales are actually older seasonals because we had the Bitter Bee and the Obiak Shandy and the Doppelbach. Those are all three seasonals. And the Bitter Bee is, I think, spring or winter last year. OBX yeah. is a summer beer. And well, the a, col- a shandy is going to hold up fine, I guess. Yeah. Like, there's nothing going on with that one. And the better be, it's in a can. It's not going to, it's not going to. It's gonna in a can. Be. The hops are preservative. It's yeah, fine. It's, it's fine. I'm not worried about that, but I'm saying like, I would expect. The Schwartz beer and the Doppelbach are Fresh. fresher and yeah. they taste really weird. Yeah. Overall, that was sorely disappointing on those two beers. And I don't know. I would be willing to try more of their lagers just to see if that's the case. But yeah, see if it's something in the lagering or if mm-hmm. it's just in that. Well, Travis, final thoughts on North Carolina's very first craft beer. 
I think they're going to win the award so far for most obscure brewery that we've ever done and probably ever will do. (laughs) If any of our listeners have had or heard of this beer or this brewery at all. Prior to this episode. Because I had not. (laughs) So Andrew said, hey, we're going to do Weeping Radish. Great. Who the hell is Weeping Radish? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said at the top, you know, I I found them at a random... uh, we went. We picked a random barbecue and bottle shop in Raleigh, mm-hmm. and Laura and I are sitting there at the table, eating. And I look over and like, there's just there's four beers from this brewery I've never heard of, but four beers is enough to make a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. I'm buying all four. Of these it's for the pod. <laughs> for the pod. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like, it's it's cool that it's North Carolina's first legal brewery. They adhere to the purity laws. They have all of this other stuff. You know, the farm butchery. Micro, hell, nano brewery. Yeah, concept is really cool, and I like that, and I can get behind it. But based off of the sampling we had, fifty percent of the beer we had tonight was was not good. No, and so you know, if I'm down that way, I would definitely though stop in and try some more of their stuff because I'd like to see the operation. I'd like to see the farm, the butchery, and the brewery, and all of that. But mm-hmm. It sounds excellent. It sounds like yeah. a great place to go. In theory, it sounds excellent. Yeah. But man, yeah, I'm, I'd am i love to try those other two, though, like fresh at the brewery, just because maybe there is something squirrely with these cans. Maybe there was an infection that mm-hmm. was not deemed like... Uh, like and if anybody cans. from Weeping Radish listens to this episode and would like to prove us wrong that or, yeah, or give us some clarification that maybe the cans we got... Were bad yeah. um, or infected, please let us know and we would be willing to try it again and have a little mini thing on the Patreon. To I'm just saying, we don't mind popping down to Manio. Beach is nice. Still don't know where that is. Manio? I don't know where that is. Oh my gosh. Okay, man, you go through Manio on your way to Kill Devil Hills. Kitty Hawk. Okay, never been to Kill Devil Hills. You've never anyway. been to Kitty Hawk, Outer Banks at all? I've been to the Outer Banks, but not that part of the Outer Banks. Oh, you go to like the Emerald Isle? At, uh, mm-hmm. Okay, the South. It's all five hours away from here. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> this one you just go to Raleigh. You take Plus, I'm not a beach person. That's, a deta- that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so it's, it's just out that way. But yeah, I don't, I'm with you. I'm disappointed in the beer. I'd like to try more because I'm curious if it is just the ones we had. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to go down there specifically for the beer and brought tour. But. Oh. While we're down there, we could, oh no, it's not close enough, but it is close to Farmville. We could swing by and go to Duck Rabbit. And have some snossages? No, I was going to say, like, good dark beer. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to eat the snossages down there first, and then we can go to Duck Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we'll have uh, trouble getting to, uh, I was going to say, we could go down to Kinston uh, and hit up Mother Earth, but... That's a that's little, a hall. That's well, that's out of the way too. Like where they mm. are, there's not a good connecting point between. I mean, maybe it's US 17. Welcome to Eastern North Carolina. <laughs> that's why we don't live in Eastern North Carolina. <laughs> but we do love the barbecue. Oh yeah, much better than Lexington Ugh. or South Carolina. We're not getting into this. I'll fight you for that. One. <laughs> a good, that. a good. Mustard you can keep that mustard-based barbecue, barbecue sauce. Is the devil? Delicious. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, all right. Well, I think all in all. This was really fun to do, you know, the first brewery in North Carolina. It was a l- very w- weird for us to that we had never heard of it until, I, I mean, I hadn't heard of it until late December last year. Yeah. Um, so it was fun to learn more about it, try some uh, beers from it. Love to try some more. Uh, and if you're in the area, if you're out that way, swing by. 
Definitely. I mean, get you some delicious brats, some uh, delicious meats. A good old Metzger is hard to find around uh, North Carolina, so swing by mm-hmm. to the butcher shop. Um, and, and try some of it for yourself and see what you think. Yeah. And please tell us if we got the, if we just got bad loggers. <laughs> I really want these to be good. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you as always. Thank you to all of our listeners here and on our Patreon for your support. Um, find us on Facebook, Instagram, all of our other stuff. And we'll be back next week for with another great brewery. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's Brew News. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating in whichever app you found us on. We value your feedback and it also helps the show reach more listeners. If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future breweries or are with a brewery and would like to join us, feel free to tweet or follow us on Twitter at brew underscore news. We're on Instagram at brewnewspod, and you can visit our website, brewnewspod.com, where we will post links, photos, and tasting notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more exciting brew news. Cheers. Cheers.